you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks. What's up? James Go here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast, joined alongside by the Whiskey from Wisconsin. What's cracking, man? Uh, not too much. Excited to be here. Happy Friday, everybody. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Yeah, happy Friday indeed. By the way, this is like the last day that uh, Harmon and Gelhart can drink beer for. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Is, that's right. It's true. Is this is true. Are we going out for a. Uh, I, I, I want to almost say a po- like it could be post work, but it could also be a little midday. <laughs> Well, no, we're definitely we are definitely going at it tonight. Okay, you're going ham tonight. Yeah, and like I don't even actually. It's funny, I don't even actually feel that good. I'm a little like the last couple of days have been a little under okay. the uh, like not un- sick, but okay. just like not at a hundred percent. Right. But I'm like you're going ham. Don't care. You gotta you gotta strap it up and play tonight. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not like I am not gonna be like. Uh, well, the last beers I had for the for for a month will just be. On Wednesday, in a sad little moment. Actually, that no, I had a good night Wednesday. It was Never not a sad. Day. It was not a sad day. I, okay. it, it's hard for me to deli- di- differentiate these these days. These sad days. Sad days versus not sad days. Speaking like of it. speaking of sad days. Okay, please. My day started off today with by ripping my pants on my dog. <laughs> <laughs> a hefty rip too. Not what? like not yeah. like a little bit. H- how? Butt or anything. And it was like my favorite jeans too. Obviously, I'm not wearing them currently. As you can were see. they too skinny? No, I don't think they were. They were re- really well-fitting jeans. Okay. And, like, I just – He's just gotten so muscular now. That's true. I don't know about that, but, like, I was just leaning over to pick up uh, after my dog and just rip. And it was, like, on the midpoint of the walk, too. So I was like, well, we're just going to <laughs> strap it up and get after it. <laughs> yep. So that's how my day's oh, going. Oh, <laughs> that is great. I don't, know how many, uh, I don't know how many more weeks I have to tell you to sign up for Game Pass, but I'll tell you again. NFL.com slash Game Pass. Start a seven-day free trial. Game replays during the regular season. Condensed games as well. You get all these different camera angles. We have talked about it ad nauseum. It is a great tool, a great product. You should absolutely sign up and get it today. NFL.com slash Game Pass. All right, we also, got a big time. Yes, one, please. One while we're reminding people of stuff, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I know the fan league submissions are done, but we still right. love to hear from 
you guys. And that Absolutely. Helps, that helps this podcast get recognized more, helps push us up in those rankings. So it's all very important. And if you send us some interesting or funny things, there's a good chance we'll read them on this uh, on this podcast. You I mean, know what? James read that note where I'm apparently a huge buzzkill. So if you also want to let me know that I'm a buzzkill, uh, put it in the iTunes review and maybe we'll see if it gets mentioned or I'll just Indeed. delete it. Oh, my God. What? Just don't kidding. I can't that. delete it. That was the best. That was a joke. I don't uh, have the power. I feel as if we're a podcast one. Uh, we should be a, an every week starter. Um, yes, but you know we PC, we, we PC need some, one. We're a PC one, I PC believe. One overall, are are we not? A little, I, a little, I feel like we are. A little help never hurts, though. Hell you yeah. know, can we get a little help from the the podcast listeners you out know, there? Rate and review, please. I know, I know. David Johnson, you know, gets put through the ringer every once in a while by uh, Bruce Arians, but you don't think uh, his other coaches are over there? Like David, yeah. you're you're a really good talking about. Okay, yeah, exactly. You're doing you're doing great, man. Keep it up. Like everybody needs a little positive reinforcement once in a while, or uh, negative. You hey, do what you want. whatever, man. Whatever you want to do, but just rate and review. How about that? Uh, Stitcher's iTunes, uh, Stitcher's no Stitcher iTunes. Yeah, Stitcher. Yep. Uh, uh, your favorite podcast app. Find us there. Uh, rate and review. Do it today. Uh, not in studio, uh, as is his usual Friday routine. The empty chair and the empty headset of the franchise. But he will be phoning in with a fiery phone in. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to have a Thursday Night Football uh, reaction as well. Uh, tell you about some guys that could be on a bust alert. Uh, seems like Gurley is on this list every single week. Uh, we're going to give you a game preview to as many possible games as we can possibly squeeze in as well. And then we'll also talk about a little bit of real or mirage. Some very surprising uh, fantasy studs this year. DeMarco Murray is the RB2. Matt Ryan is the quarterback one. We'll talk about whether or not these guys can continue their success or if it is a mirage moving forward. But first, we start with top news. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. I watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. Oh, bad news out of New York. Eric Decker, torn rotator cuff, partial tear of his rotator cuff. He's going to be out this week versus Seattle. Uh, the team officially says he's week to week, but surgery is possible. I'm assuming if he goes under the knife, uh, he would be gone for a minimum of about a month. Uh, but again, we're, we were talking about this a little bit earlier today, but look, it, it's a bad injury. Uh, it's a worse injury if you're a pitcher. It's not quite as bad uh, if you're a wide receiver. I think he can make a, a – even if he does go under the knife, I think he can make uh, some kind of return and, and come back sometime this year and still, uh, if he hits that rehab very hard, still be a very uh, good contributor. But, um, boy, tough news for Eric Decker owners. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you happy now? <laughs> That's why there's a quick moment Official. of silence. I know. You're sort of waiting. Everyone's staring at me. We're like, waiting for you to what? sip your tea. Well, I'm not sipping tea. The guy got a torn rotator. <laughs> you're all you're saying. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think. Well, Everyone's obviously, staring at me like ice cold. Like, oh, he, thanks a lot, James. Thanks a lot, Co. The short term answer, obviously, is Quincy and Nunwa. I mean, uh -huh. you know, Decker's gone for you know who knows how long. Uh, Brandon Marshall is less than a hundred percent. And Nunwa had been good regardless the first couple weeks of the season. So I actually looked this morning. And he was owned in just about sixteen percent of NFL.com. Oh, is that right? So like, he's out there. Go, yeah. go oh, get Quincy yeah. and Nunwa. There you go. Uh, Sammy Watkins there in Buffalo has been ruled out for Sunday's game. Uh, the splits of when Tyrod Taylor has or does not have Sammy Watkins is pretty dramatic. I know he had a pretty good game from a fantasy perspective uh, last week, Matt Harmon, but 
uh, when Sam Watkins is not in that lineup, Tyrod Taylor's not the same quarterback. No, he's not, especially going on the road this week to New England. It's not really a spot I'd be looking to use Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and as for Sammy Watkins himself, I've already seen people like, well, do I drop him? Like, please don't drop Sammy Watkins. Like, that would be a mistake to me. Uh, especially, you know, I know he's a third-round pick, and it's easy to get frustrated, but this is definitely a guy I think is worth sitting on for whenever uh, these issues do get over. Des Bryant, fractured knee. Uh, Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins both injured as well. How serious uh, are these offensive line? I mean, we never, almost never talk about offensive line, but, but for Dallas, uh, Wiz, it, it's like these two guys are, I mean, are just unbelievable offensive linemen. I know that, you know, Collins has a very good backup as well, but Ezekiel Elliott playing San Francisco, you think it's going to be a pretty good matchup, but, you know, again, these when the offensive line has to shift around, uh, there's a little bit of a learning curve. They could be worrisome, but I think we started to see things from Zeke last week. He was reading the line better. He was using his feet. He was he was being decisive. Where well, I wouldn't be terribly worried, like you said. Leo Collins is a good backup. Tyron Smith is a little concerning, but For sure. If Dez is out, I mean, Cole Beasley's going to be the guy. Matt wrote about this already in his next gen stats matchup. He's already got a good spot coming out of the slot there, and he's been seeing a ton of targets. But I wouldn't I wouldn't panic at all about Ezekiel Elliott. If anything, it looks like they might just feed him as they did last week. Uh, you know, when they gave him around 30 carries. You know, it's interesting to me. The San- I looked up the uh, fantasy points against stat, and uh, San Francisco kind of middle of the pack. They're ranked 19th in terms of giving up fantasy points to the running back position. I was thinking to myself, uh, I was telling, I could I could easily see a scenario where Zeke is the best uh, running back, fantasy running back this week, but uh, it's been interesting because San Francisco can be had in so many different ways. Teams haven't really been pounding the rock, but I, I don't know. Do, do you guys see uh, Dallas basically just handing it off to Zeke Elliott 30 times in this game? Yep. Um, I actually said uh, on Fantasy Live today that uh, my we do a you know, gut prediction with no research at all. Yes. My gut prediction was that Zeke would be the number one fantasy running back this week. Uh, a lot because of what Alex said, that just watching him, you can see him getting a lot more comfortable in the offense. And That's very you know, true. Last week had a really nice game, and I think we're, we're still waiting for that one huge like breakout, blow-up game, and I think this could be the week it happens. All right, there you go. Josh Gordon has checked himself into rehab. Um, he was set to make his debut here relatively soon. Uh, what was it, after this week? Next week, yes. Week it was going to be week, week five. five that he was uh, set to make his return. We had heard about some paternity test issues or uh, some warrant out for his arrest regarding that. And I, in, in his statement, uh, he had talked about some pressures building up um, with him. It's a sad story because yeah. he is a very talented dude. Um, and being so close, on the cusp of getting onto the NFL field again. Ugh. Yeah. Well, there's another story that's getting floating around Twitter today that there's there's a, a an upcoming thing that we'll probably be hearing about at some point soon with with the legal issue with him. Uh, so you know, it's just this is this is what it is with Josh Gordon. It's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully, if you if you drafted him in fantasy, you did as I said, it was only on wide receiver heavy teams, and this isn't really going to hurt you that much. But it's a, it is a bummer in our fan league. Speaking of that, he was kind of my one shining moment because that team sucks. <laughs> I sucked. <laughs> Drafting with in the listen, fan league. Really? Oh yeah, and listeners yeah. That, that that drafted with franchise and I in the beard league just okay. took us to the woodshed. Like oh. just <laughs> picks that we wanted left and right off the board. And I'm just like, oh my god, what am I doing? So I took Josh Gordon in that, and that was kind of like a my one it's shining always, moment. It's always a problem with drafting with people who listen to you, right? Like, yeah, you know, all your strategies yeah. and all the guys you like. Yeah, it's a problem. So, uh, but at the same time, you know, hopefully that Josh Gordon gets 
gets it together, you know, whatever he's looking for in yeah. life, he finds that. I agree. I, I'm not into the whole, like, this guy's wasting his talent, he's wasted his life, blah, blah, blah. I'm not – that's not really how I think about things, but just as a from a personal note, I hope he figures it out. Yeah, I, I mean, I, look, I hope he goes to rehab and, um, and, and figures things out, like you said, and uh, – and does positive things with his life, you know. It's not like football is the be-all and end-all. Right. He's got other interests as well. We've seen that. Uh, he's got a, a strong, you know, uh, interest in art and music. And so hopefully he finds some positive outlook, uh, outlet uh, for his talents. But, quick uh, quick right. fantasy spin off of this, though. Terrell yes. Pryor needs to be a much more priority add off the waiver wires than he had been. He should be universally owned. We've all watched it. He played very well. Harmon just reception perceptioned him. And right. I mean, especially with Corey Coleman's injury, they're going to keep funneling the ball through him. And he is a talented There's nobody player else. and a freak athlete. So he, he needs to be much more highly owned in, in fantasy this week. And if you picked him up, I wouldn't be afraid to start him this yeah, week. This, this is not, by the way, Terrell Pryor, this is not a gimmick thing. Like, you just no. go watch him. He is a really good football player who has made the adjustment to wide receiver. And, yeah, I, I agree. He needs to be on rosters. He should be owned in just about every league. It's a really a crazy story, too. Like, I, as Alex mentioned, I just wrote a piece on him. It went out today. And it's just insane to think about, like, three years ago, this guy was playing quarterback, like, broke an NFL record for the longest run for a quarterback in NFL history, threw, threw for over 1,700 yards, threw for seven touchdowns. Like, now here, here we are three years later, only a year and a half, and he putzed around, like, insisting, like, no, I'm going to be a quarterback with the Seahawks, the Chiefs, the Bengals. And, like, now he's a legitimate NFL receiver, and you watch him play, and the guy is, is, is absolutely really good. It's, it's a crazy story. It is insane. It is absolutely insane. By the way, a little bit of breaking news as well. Uh, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport reporting that the the Browns are planning to release Josh Gordon here relatively soon. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. All right, Jamal Charles practiced this week, uh, is expected to finally make his debut. Uh, I I put a lot of – I have my fingers crossed, a lot of air quotes here as well because – we're just not exactly sure, but uh, the reports are have been relatively positive. Uh, I don't know. What, what are you guys expecting in terms of snap count here for, for uh, JC? I would expect it to be limited, even when he uh, – and his touches to be limited, even when he came back in 2012 when he was 25 and was the guy. Yeah. He only saw 16 carries his first game, went for 87 yards, and then the second week he only saw six carries and three catches. I mean, different circumstances, different times, but, like, he's older now. They're probably not oh, going to yeah. rush him back. Ware is playing well. I would be a little concerned. Is Ware playing well? Ware is playing well. Oh, yeah. I mean, the last couple weeks have been a disappointment. Oh, don't just look at the the first week was so explosive. I mean, you know, he's like a victim of his own success now. And last week he was playing a great run defense in a game where the Chiefs got up early and didn't have to do squat because Ryan Fitzpatrick was just like, here you go, have the ball. Let me ask you this. Is Spencer Ware playable this week? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, wow. Charles. Oh, wow. No hesitation. Charles I would be concerned about this week. Yeah, we'll talk about that game more later. Interesting. Let's, let's, let's leave it at let's that. Let's leave it at that. Julius Thomas dealing with an elbow injury. He's going to be a game-time decision. And, oh, by the way, that's an early game-time decision uh, to be had there. Jacksonville uh, taking on Indianapolis. And, uh, again, that's the London game. It is a 6.30 a.m. Pacific start. 9.30 Eastern 9:30 on CBS. Eastern on CBS. Uh, so... Again, you're going to have to keep a very close eye on that one. But uh, Julius Thomas is going to be a game-time decision. Although I, I'm hearing that we're going to hear about his availability uh, sometime late Saturday. So we'll see. We're not exactly sure, though. Russell Wilson says he's doing well, plans on playing Sunday. Quote, I feel great. I feel strong. Anyone feel confident about Russell Wilson on Sunday? Uh, I mean, how much do you believe in nanobubbles? <laughs> I mean, you know, if you believe in the power of nanobubbles, then you are 100% on board. I'm on board, Wilson. baby. Let's go. 
I mean, I'd like to believe. I kind of want to believe, but you know, I he looked limited last. He week looked too. really limited, and you get that Jets front coming after oh, him. Boy. Because mind you, the Seahawks offensive line hasn't been great. Uh no. And you they know, you bad. get you get Richardson, and you get Wilkerson, you get Leonard Williams coming after Russell Wilson. Watch out! It it's it's a scary proposition. Doug Baldwin, any trust there? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Baldwin's balling right now. Baldwin is playing out of control. But, but, again, if Russell Wilson is this banged up uh, and we're talking about him having to scramble around for his life, Doug Baldwin, I mean, at least has to be a, a, a little bit of a concern, no? Yeah, a little. I, I think it's a floor play. Okay. I'm interested to see Jimmy Graham's usage in this game. Ooh, yes, very uh, much so. Oh. He caught, per our next-gen stats, he caught uh, four of his passes for 85 yards out of the slot which is pretty different from how they used him as more of a traditional tight end in 2015 before he got hurt. It's pretty smart. So, yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, that's why you acquire a guy like Jimmy Graham. We talked about that on the last podcast. So I am interested to see uh, if he if he continues to get used that way and where he, where he matches up on Sunday. Titans tight end. Delaney Walker dealing with a hamstring injury limited in practice, according to Jim Wyatt of the Tennessean. Walker won't know his availability until Saturday. He sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision for sure. Another tight end dealing with a hamstring, Antonio Gates. He didn't practice all week. Uh, he also, again, dealing with a sore hamstring. Uh, he was out last week. We saw Hunter Henry step in, the rookie, the second-round rookie uh, out of Arkansas. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah called him a great pass-catching tight end, and we saw a little bit of that uh, in that game against the Colts in week three. Caught all, uh, was it six of his targets? I think so. Or was it five of his targets? I think it was Either six. way. Six. Five or six. Doesn't matter. For both, he caught them all. For both of these guys, for Gates and Walker, okay. it, it's not terrible to pick up their backups, Hunter Henry or Jason Morrow in Tennessee. Oh, get out of here. No, I'm just like, the volume is going to be there. He led the team in receiving last week. I know. There are better options to have, like if you can get Cameron Brait or Rainbow Six Jack's, Jack Doyle. Yeah, buddy. Jack Doyle. Uh, any, any of those guys. But just worst case scenario, if the waiver wire is desperately thin at tight end, just roster their backup. If there the stud go. plays, play him. If not, then you're basically punting, but you'll get some production. I like I, Connor Henry. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, well, even yeah. if I, even if I owned Walker, I would just I would pick up Henry if he's available. I, I, you know, I, I think I said great more on this show that I, I felt like there are two rookie tight ends that could maybe break the trend, and I thought Hunter Henry was one along with Austin Hooper, and I have zero problem starting Hunter Henry this week. He looked really against good New Orleans. Last absolutely, week. give me give me Hunter Henry all day long. I know he had a super bad play. He had the fumble at the end. He had the fumble at the end. but Got to protect that ball. But he did so much right yeah, leading did. up to that. No, no, he did. Yeah. He did. He looked good. I, I think lo- the Titans are going to get smashed in that game. You think so? Yeah. I mean, the Texans, I know they just lost J.J. Watt. Right. But like, I think that their defense is still full of plenty of good players. And the Titans offense just sucks. The Titans <laughs> offense. Like, I don't really know yeah, if you need bad. more analysis. It just kind of sucks. And hashtag narrative alert. Bill O'Brien is taking back over play calling for the Texans. I like Lamar Miller as, as a play, especially in DFS this week, because I don't think people are going to be looking at him. Although I will say this, on the Titans' behalf, okay, Andre Johnson, revenge. Bro, oh like gosh. six of his games remember, on his schedule are revenge. Remember last, right. year, but remember last year when he had revenge against the Texans? True. That was like the one time he was relevant. Oh, Look, man. If the Titans are hanging Andre in this game Johnson and they need, a, they need an ugly touchdown with a minute left to try and tie it or win, then that'll be Andre Johnson. But you don't want that <laughs> oh, Do not play him. Why didn't I see that before? I would have made him a danger zone. I love no. Andre Johnson. Come on. Give no. him the revenge game. No. No. Come uh, on! Probably <laughs> the worst thing. The, the real thing is like it probably is going to happen. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get to Thursday night football. AJ Green, oh my! Holy hell! Well, uh, ten receptions, 173 yards, and a touchdown. And quite frankly, he probably could have done a heck of a lot more. 
they just got up so big it didn't matter. Yeah. But AJ Green, whoa, yeah, hello. He, he might be good, and this Dolphins secondary, like I know Adam Gase benched Byron Maxwell, who also isn't good. No, uh, but, but for Tony Lippett, who was a converted wide receiver man. from Michigan State. I mean, I posted He's a converted wide receiver. Yeah, he played he played wide receiver at Michigan State, and he sort of tackled, tried to tackle AJ Green like he was a converted wide receiver. Oh, no. Dude, it was really bad, and like I posted uh, the next gen stats like route chart and also his yards of separation created on each of his catches last night. You can go to my okay. timeline and find that. It's actually pretty interesting uh, what you're able to do with all that. But Green just dominated. And this this secondary is a unit that we want to attack pretty much every single week. Yep. They, they got a pretty good push in the run game. Jeremy Hill was a little bit limited. But yeah. – those DBs just just can't cover uh, like at all. It's you know, so it's, it's it's a good it's a good spot. To speaking be. of the Dolphins, it's so interesting, right? Because like Jarvis Landry, I think is a top five, or at least coming into Week Four, was a top five fantasy wide receiver, and AJ Green was right there as well. But you know, you look at the point production, right? Like in Week One, AJ Green had twenty four fantasy points in standard scoring leagues. This week, he had twenty three point three. In the previous two weeks combined, he had about eleven. Right, but and Jarvis Landry on the other hand, right, like he's just that Mister Consistent, but he doesn't ever carry you per se in a standard scoring league. But he's just right there near the. Who would you guys rather have on your rosters, though? Oh my God, AJ Green AJ all Green's day. Not even a question. <laughs> all day. <laughs> by the way, right, so the right, the upside for the Dolphins, um, you know, because they have been lit up by a lot of number one wide receivers. The good news for them is that they play the Titans, who don't have a number one wide receiver. Tajay Sharp. Tajay Sharp. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you didn't even say it with your chest. Like, you uh, I can't. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not going to say any Titans-related things with my chest. Uh, Jeremy Hill, 21 carries, 71 rush yards, 3.38 yards per carry. Uh, that was gross. Yeah. Gio Bernard, not much better. 10 rushing uh, attempts, 18 rush yards. That's not good. Uh, and he also added in uh, 24 receiving yards. The, the backfield there for Cincinnati, it's just a conundrum. I you don't know when to play him. It doesn't make any sense when one guy goes off. I, I it's it's just frustrating. Uh, also, if, the offensive line hasn't played particularly well this year. That was supposed no. to be a big strength of theirs coming into the year. They also have invested young talent. But if you fo- sometimes when you follow like a bunch of different people from a team, you'll see like a bunch of fans. You'll see them just beat up on one player, and that guy for Bengals fans is center Russell Bodine. I'm pretty sure his name is. Okay. I mean, they and you watch like any Bengals game, and you start to kind of you – know, normally you're not like looking at the center, but sure. you, you start to notice it once you see so many people tweeting about it, and yeah, that dude is bad. Like like not just, oh, that's not a good center, like a drive-killing sort of guy. Okay. So I, I, it's, it's something to watch out for if this offensive line isn't going to play well. Then By the way, that does not help somebody who runs between the tackles like Jeremy Hill. Yeah, and I mean, that was the problem last night. The Dolphins were really able to push the – the Bengals' front line around, which I didn't really expect. No, not at all. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, 189 yards, passing, touchdown, interception. We can just move lost. along here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Nope. He is bad. This is not the quarterback. Uh, Jarvis for. Landry, again, 61 yards on seven receptions. He's got one touchdown through four games now. He's got 11 touchdowns through 36 games. It's not a great rate, folks. He's not a touchdown scorer. Uh, he is not. Miami's backfield, he might not be a touchdown scorer because the offense is just wild. It doesn't help that, yeah, most of his passes are of the short variety and the offense can't move the chains. Well, it's just weird, though, right? Because, like, I mean, there have been smaller guys who have been possession guys that are also pretty good touchdown scorers as well. I think about Victor Cruz in his heyday. Like, they look for him. Uh, Julian Elm is another guy. They look for him mm-hmm. near the end zone. But 
Ryan Tannehill doesn't. But it, I think it's a big point because Jarvis Landry is like such a difficult player to talk about because people either love Jarvis Landry or they hate Jarvis Landry. And I think there's some sort of middle ground. It's all about putting in context what kind of player he is. He's a slot receiver that plays in a dysfunctional offense without a consistent wide receiver threat on the outside. Parker has big playability, but once again kind of disappeared last night. Yeah, he sure did. Miami's backfield is atrocious. Stay away. Jay Ajayi, Kenyon Drake, Damian Williams, Isaiah P. Damian Williams got the start, no? Yes, he did. Oh, and Ajayi looked good, but it was like – See, and that's the thing. Why I, do these te- – why, why – Gase is a very smart guy. Why would you throw four guys out there? Why? It that's, doesn't make sense. And that's kind of my thing. That, man, granted, the the Dolphins apparently weren't allowed to have the football last night because <laughs> they didn't run a whole lot of plays, and they ran even fewer rushing plays. <sighs> right. What is that? I think they had what, 13, 14 yeah, altogether split between four guys. It's bad. I know that they want Arian Foster to be the number one running back whenever he's back and healthy. But in the interim, I feel like you have to at least commit to a guy, maybe two at the most. You can't run four guys. And Ajayi, in limited touches, looked decent. I mean, six carries, 33 yards. Um, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they just don't like him that much. Maybe he kicked Adam Gase's dog. I don't know. But they just don't want to give him the football. That's and true. it's killing the whole offense not having any pretense of a running game. There's just no consistency. Yeah, I wonder if, like, the and this is just total, like, off-the-wall conspiracy theory. I wonder if Adam Gase is kind of, like, still, like, clearly got there and was like, because this team, like, basically just kind of quit on Joe Philbin, like, tuned out completely and got there and, like, okay, I got to, this is a long-term project to fix these jabronis, get them tuned back into football and everything. So maybe he's just throwing stuff at the wall for, like, hoping one of these guys sticks for the, a couple yeah. games, kind of like the Giants did last year with that four-way committee, and then was like, all right, uh, this guy, Rashad Jennings, is clearly doing good. Maybe eventually they'll pick a guy out of this. Or maybe – who knows? Not, we I don't probably know. spent way more time than we should have on the Miami backfield, considering nobody should start any of these players. <laughs> very good point. Uh, very good point. We like to actually talk about real football every now and again, which, which is so weird. Which brings us oh. to our new standby Friday segment. Yes, absolutely. Prepare yourselves for heat. It's franchise's fiery phone-in of the week. My fire take is that Alfred Morris gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge! Revenge! <laughs> <laughs> Franchise, are you there? Franchise, what's I'm up, I'm here, pal? you guys. I'm fired up. I oh, heard you yeah. talking trash last week that I wasn't fired up enough. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's true. He's definitely more fired up. That's true. Oh, he's he's energetic today. Uh, franchise, what you got? I've already had two and a half cups of coffee. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for us, man? All right. My RB1 lock of the week is Isaiah Crowell against the Redskins this Ooh, week. You guys are watching it up. Lock it up. You guys have watched the Browns play this year. You know Isaiah Crowell has been the spark for that offense in each of the first three games. True. His, vol- his volume is already up. He's averaging 15 rush attempts per game compared to 11.2 last season. So that's nice to see. He's clearly the feature back while Duke Johnson takes a back seat. This week, Crowell is going up against Washington. Uh, Washington's defense is tied with the Saints for the most rushing touchdowns allowed. Six. And only three teams have allowed more total rushing yards than the Redskins this year. Uh, they also have the worst third down defense in the NFL, with teams converting on 54.3% of third downs against them, which leads to more opportunities for rushing when you move the chain, mm. obviously. Look at these. Yes. I love the advanced stats. Love with, it. Keep going, franchise. What else you got? <laughs> with the quarterback situation in Cleveland, a mess with Cody Kessler under center for the second game. I think they're going to lean on the run. 
uh, especially when they get in the red zone, I really don't think they're going to trust Kessler in those uh, valuable situations, point-scoring situations, and just give the, give the ball to Crowell. And as we've learned in the past, when you feed the crow, he shall eat. <laughs> Do you got a running back that you're worried about, Franchise? Uh, the, the guy that I'm worried about this week, you guys, you ready? Yep. Yeah. Jarek McKinnon against oh, no. the Giants on Monday night. Do not play him. Oh, don't tell me that. Do not play him, Cole. No, don't do it. Why? Because the Vikings are averaging the lowest rushing yards per game in the NFL right now hmm. with 51 That's worse than horrible backfields like the Jaguars, Ravens, and Dolphins. But the Vikings are three and zero, so nobody's talking about this. That's well, they the got that. Was, they got washed Peterson out of the way. Well, <laughs> oh, if, if, wow! If Peterson can't produce, what makes everyone think a guy like McKinnon can? Who's yeah, he's a, he's athletic, but everyone's clamoring for this guy in the waiver like or like waiver wire, like he's the second coming. Uh, but last year, or I mean, last week wasn't great in seven career games with double digit rush attempts, including last week. Jared McKinnon averages just 73 rush yards per game and has zero touchdowns. That's not good. Zero. That's not good. Uh, you got a no. sleeper pick for us here, pal? All right. You want my sleeper? My sleeper is Cameron Artis Payne against the Falcons. Cappy! I kind of like that. People are going to be skeptical because he had a so-so game last week against a tough uh, Vikings defense. He actually had a 20-yard run in the second quarter called back on a holding penalty. If he if that had stood, he would have had a, a yards per carry average over five, which would have looked a heck of a lot nicer than um, his his stat line was without that holding call. So now Cap played fewer snaps than Fozzie Whitaker last week, but out touched him thirteen to ten and touched the ball on forty two percent of his snaps compared to twenty nine percent for Whitaker. Mm. That's per fantasydata.com. So I like it. Whitaker was out there more, but they gave Cap more touches. And if you go back and watch, uh, watch Cap, Cap's rushes, he looks spry, he looks decisive, he looks patient, and it's just a matter of time until this guy breaks off a big one. Dude, I like it. Uh, and, and just a couple more things for uh, Cameron Artist Payne. The Falcons have already ruled out two of their starting linebackers, Paul Worlow and a rookie named Devondra Campbell. So they're out, making their defense even weaker, and uh, teams have been destroying the Falcons on the ground. Falcons are to give up 4.8 yards per carry. So there you go. Franchise, what's the fire take of the week? Are you guys ready for the fire take of the week? Yeah. No. Chris Ivory. Chris, Chris Ivory is going to eat. What? Wow. Get out of here. What? Why? What? Why? What? has been awful this year. You guys know that. Yes. Uh, yes. Who told you that in the preseason? He's played on 69% of the Jaguar snaps, which is the ninth nice, highest percentage nice. among running backs. But out of 28 running backs who have played on at least 50% of their team snaps, he ranks second to last in fantasy points per 100 snaps. <laughs> Only Justin Forsett is worse. Oh That's Ouch. <laughs> That's disgusting. Oh, man. That's horrible. So my point here is uh, Chris Ivory is healthy. He was upgraded to full practice. Okay. He had some like leg issues last week, but he's back. And I think it's time that the Jaguars give Ivory a shot at a high-volume workload uh, because Yeldon's been so bad. Now, this just may be a case of the Jaguars' entire offense being bad, but Yeldon's numbers are shockingly horrible. They picked up Ivory in the offseason for a reason. And plus, 
the Colts are horrible against running backs, allowing the second most fantasy points per game to the position. And the kicker is that last year in London, Chris Ivory had 29 carries for 166 yards and a touchdown. Yes, that was with the London Jets. trend. <laughs> yes, oh, yes, London trends. London trends. Give it to me. I love it. it. All right. It's Matt Franciscovich, ladies and gentlemen, the magical beard of fantasy and the hottest fiery phone take you're going to listen to this side of the NFL. <laughs> Franchise, that, thanks, man. Was that fiery enough? Oh, that my was God. Super, that was fiery. so Pretty hot. hot. Pretty Good hot. Right. Lord, that was hot. All right, man. Cool. Hey, we'll see you soon, pal. All right, later, guys. Deuces. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it was uh... – it was kind of cold here in the podcast studio. I'm uh, feeling kind of toasty now. It's all good. <laughs> Very good stuff. All right, let's play a little game of Real or Mirage. I will give you three guys that have uh, vastly outperformed their ADP. Um, and we'll talk about whether or not you believe that they will continue. Maybe not at these lofty projections, but if you see continued success for them or if they are a mirage, as in they will fall back into the pack uh, and maybe fall off very badly. We'll start with DeMarco Murray. He is, right now, the RB2. He's got less than three points, or I should say less than three points separate he and David Johnson, if you can believe it. Is it time Crazy. to give this man his due? No. Or will he? <laughs> really? Wow. Straight up no. Just wow. straight up no? I mean, uh. his, his due is like an RB2 or something, but like we're saying he's three points off of David Johnson. Let's yeah. not get crazy. Oh. I mean, he's he's – He's been good. He's been better than I expected. Sure. Um, he still isn't looking spectacular. And if you take out his two long runs, the 67 and 36-yarder, I know they happened. <laughs> but where they were literally like everything went perfect for him and the uh-huh. Red Seas parted, yeah. he's only averaging 3.64 yards per carry. Which And his fantasy points are buoyed off of a couple red zone you know, receptions. And I'll say this, too. Um, they, At least right now, the Titans are using him both on the ground and through the through the air as well. Two hundred forty five rush yards, one hundred thirty two receiving yards. It's pretty good balance. Yeah, I think I said before the season to to quote myself. Okay, uh, owning Demarco Murray on your fantasy or fantasy football is about having fun. Demarco Murray is not fun. I think I said something yes. of that ilk. Uh, and uh, whoops, oh, that was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, um, I, but I agree. I mean, I agree with Gelhar. I think this is it's been. A nice run. It's certainly okay. a surprise people who have him, yeah. but I also think one, yes, the big plays are definitely a part of it. Also, because the offense is bad, it is bad. That's eventually they're, teams are going to force the Titans to try to win through the air. They're just going to start taking away Demarco Murray and force the Titans to try to throw the football. And I still believe in Marcus Mariota's talent. I think Tajay Sharp has the ability to be a nice wide receiver, but. They're still a long ways away from being threatening with the passing game. The fact that he's been able to succeed while the offense has been so bad is actually encouraging to me in a way. And you know, to James's point about the passing game, I know he's this is so still early, but he's hashtag on pace for ninety catches. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty wild. I mean, just it the fact craziness. that he has that much pass what? usage. Yeah, he's caught five passes, seven passes, and five passes. That's amazing. This year. Look, I mean, he, that 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 is at least – I know he's not going to keep up the amount of scoring that he has right now, but that is at least going to buoy his floor up, I think. I've also said on Twitter that if I was ever caught praising the Titans offense that <laughs> – my my Twitter followers have permission to <laughs> tweet me pictures of candy corn. So um, candy corn's the worst. What? It is the worst. I like candy. No, corn. candy corn up. is an insult to both candy this, and corn. It is not. We're not it's even. Gonna, we're not even going to go down this rabbit hole. Okay. <sighs> All right. That's fine. I like candy corn, but I will say this: 
the way that they're utilizing DeMarco Murray, what Matt Harmon is indicating, is it kind of gives me uh, – how do I put this? Uh, reason for optimism? I, I don't want to be too overflowing here with my compliments. Uh, it's, but. it's a situation to ride as long as it persists, but I just don't think it's going to be one to bank on the rest of the season. But you could get several more good weeks out of DeMarco Murray, but I don't know. I know Derrick Henry looms as well. Yes, he does. So there you go. Uh, Marvin Jones was the wide receiver number one. Your top scoring fantasy wide receiver going into week four. Obviously, he was surpassed by A.J. Green, but he played Thursday. So 408 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, The reason for concern, though, half of that production really came in one week, in week three. But do you believe Marv Jones, real or mirage? I think it's real. I think this is for real. I think it's real because... Of the efficiency of the Lions' offense. I mean, they are spreading the ball around. Yeah, they are. Um, Matt Stafford has looked really good. And they've done enough with their running backs and their running game that you have to at least respect it. Yeah, And I'm very curious. I, I like Dwayne Washington a lot this week. I think yep. he's going to ball out. Oh, but yeah. I just think that their running backs have done enough that, that people have to respect that. And, you know, we always thought at the start of the season – that Marvin Jones could take over the number one wide receiver spot ahead of Golden Tate. I don't know that we thought it would be this dramatic between the two of them. Right. But everything I've seen about, you know, with this Lions offense, their passing game suggests that Marvin Jones is going to be that dude all year. Uh, by the way, you know what I find super frustrating is the fact that the coaching staff and and, uh, and the quarterback and everything, they're talking about, man, we got to get Golden Tate more targets. We got to get him more receptions. We got to feed him the ball a little bit more. And I'm like – but why? Yeah, but why? I don't understand. You guys are scoring <laughs> points. The offense is moving. Uh, the offenses look pretty good. I don't wh- – why are we talking about feeding Golden – am I missing something here? It's not like if – if the Detroit offense was scoring seven points a game or ten points a game. Right. Okay. You want to mix it up. I get it. You want to do something. But the de- the offense looks pretty good. I don't understand. I get so frustrated by talk like that. I'm like, no, actually, we should probably just do what you guys are doing. Yeah, the thing is, Golden Tate has 22 targets, 19% of the team total, which is second on the team to Marvin Jones, obviously. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty good volume. He's only caught 13 of them for 94 yards. All right, so what's your take? Marv Jones, real or Mirage? Oh, dude, so real. I mean, we talked about this all offseason, yeah, especially yeah. in the preseason. He's averaging 25% of the team targets. I mean, he's essentially stepped right into Calvin Johnson's role and is playing just as well as Calvin Johnson at least did in 2015. I mean, he's going to put up monster numbers. Like, like Marcus said, this is one of the most pass-heavy offenses, ninth in the league in pass attempts right now, and they're just going to keep it up. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason to think like he might not be the number one overall receiver right but i think he is a high-end wide receiver two at absolute worst the rest of the way Wiz, you agree with that is he a, is he a wide receiver one for uh, just just on the outside but i agree with everything that's been said okay there you go matt ryan is the quarterback one he is your top scoring quarterback uh going into week four 970 passing yards seven touchdowns one interception matt ryan is a very interesting character because the talent level is there but he hasn't really been a good fantasy quarterback. Is this the year that turns around? No. Oh, man. Uh, wow. Mostly because the schedule is against him I see. going forward. I mean, the next three weeks are I – mean, you got Carolina. I think there's Seattle in there. Uh, maybe Minnesota. I know the schedule was really Brilliant. not good for him, especially the next three weeks. But even down the stretch – so what's been it's been nice that he's taken advantage of some really favorable matchups, yep. but those start to go away soon. 
Yeah, the reason I have a little bit of faith in Matt Ryan, maybe not to be like a clear-cut QB1, but definitely a high-end streamer and probably maybe a top-12 quarterback, is that this offense is functioning really well right now. Uh, He has done much better run rolling out of the pocket this year. Uh, That was something I talked about in the Week week 3 next-gen stats column. Uh, the whole offense in general has more threats. Uh, like Tevin Coleman and Devonta Freeman have both been dynamic as dynamic. receivers out of the backfield, oh, not yeah. just as rushers. Muhammad Sanu has been a huge upgrade on uh, the corpse of Roddy White and Leonard <laughs> Hankerson that was playing last year. Jacob Tammy has even played really well. He's actually tied with Julio Jones for the team lead in targets with 20, which kind of brings me to almost an interesting point that I, I'm I'm a little worried about Julio Jones. I know it's kind of like – He's, he's Julio Jones. He's great. He's a stud. He's set it and forget it. But at the same time, he's come in under nine targets three weeks in a row. This these, this first three weeks. And I know he's probably not healthy, but he had single-digit targets in just two games last year. How crazy was that last game against the Saints? Yeah, and he had seven targets, only caught one pass, so maybe the volume wasn't such a big issue. But I don't think this is going to be a situation where Jones is a top-five receiver because he's not going to be a guy that's targeted 200 times this year. I got a mull on that. You know, At first I'm like, hey, you're crazy, but right. you know what, man? I don't know. There's, it's, it's there's, a, some, there's some thought to be put into that one. It's a situation where this is better for the team. It might not be better for your fantasy team, but you know how I feel about that. Uh, good football, greater than, greater than, greater than your fantasy teams. And right. Do not at me. Uh, Everybody at him, at Matt Harmon <laughs> underscore BYB. Please do not at me. I don't care. I care more <laughs> Even about. Even if you don't believe it, tell him your fantasy team is more important I, than good football. I care more about good football than your fantasy team or my fantasy team for that matter. There and this is good. This is good football that the Falcons are playing right now. Yeah. It's good for the entire team. Even if Jones to, to not force feed him the targets that he was getting last year because they have other options to threaten a defense. That's very interesting. All right. Let's talk about bust alert uh todd Gurley versus arizona he's got to be uh very high on the bust alert uh gilhart give me give me some projections here what, what, what do you see laying out for todd Gurley on sunday versus arizona uh a lot of carries and some yards maybe a touchdown if you're lucky yeah how's that for accurate that's doesn't sound too <laughs> enticing I mean, uh, the cardinal defense is probably gonna be a little salty after last week a little uh oh, they did not look good and I think that's bad news for the Rams. And, you know, and the other thing about the Rams, too, right, like they had uh, a very nice game against Tampa Bay. This is a team that has not been able to – they're not good with success. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like last year they would have good games against Seattle and then flop the next week. They might have a good game against Arizona, flop the next week. I mean, you that's, mean, that's, that, that's that 7-9 and nine bowl. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's almost like they're go- winning one game, then losing one game, then winning one game, then losing one game, and then they go to 8-8. Eight eight. It's almost like that. It's almost like that. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very worried about Todd Gurley. Hopefully, uh, we were talking about it earlier in the podcast, or earlier this week, that if you could move him, move him. So that's there's that. Uh, the Monday night matchup, New York Giants versus the Minnesota Vikings. Um, OBJ, I, I know you can't sit him. I know you can't sit him. Then why are we talking about it? Don't sit him. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> it's so scary, though, this matchup, right? The Vikings have pretty much laid out everybody. They yeah, have. although, you know, there are there are matchups to be won there. Uh, you know, we'll see how many times, for instance, Beckham lines up against Trey Waynes, who Waynes has made some plays. He's also been beaten a lot. Also, true. The, the thing is, Jordy, Jordy still had a good outing against them. Nobody matters in Tennessee. 
And they only had one target to shut down against Carolina because, as Captain Butterland said, <laughs> they don't think they, Devin they don't think seventeen is very good. Is very good. <laughs> See, the trouble is, if they try and give OBJ that treatment, guess what? Sterling Shepard's going to be—he is good. Victor Cruz is good. So I don't think they're going to be able to attack it the same way. And because of that, like OB, OBJ is the, probably the only one you want to start. But like, you got to start him. Giants also. We know they have injuries in the backfield. Rashad Jennings probably not going to play Shane Vereen on IR, at least for the time being. I mean, are they going to give 15 carries to Orleans Darkwa and try to run against this defense? I don't think so. I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. And, look, Beckham has gone three games without a touchdown. Right. That is going to reverse course. And I would would be willing to do beer bets with anybody in this room that he gets in the end zone on Monday night. Here we go. Or with Franchise. I don't want to take that because I believe that. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, I I feel really strongly that just by simple, you know, math, like he's not going to be this targeted this often and not score a touchdown for four weeks. He's a a stud. He can make a play on anybody. And also, he is one of the premier touchdown scorers in this league. Yeah, that's a thing he's good at. So. Uh, Mike Evans versus Denver. I know there's a lot of concern here. Overblown or for reals? I understand it, but I would start him anyway um, just because of the volume of targets he gets. I mean, he is he's the security blanket for Jameis Winston. and I mean, you've got a pretty good chance if you throw it up in his general vicinity, he's going to make a play on it. And so, you know, this is, this is one of those things where you trust the talent. You believe in the player over the matchup. And even though it doesn't look great on paper – I still believe Mike Evans can have a nice day. Real quick, I know Harmon has a lot of intelligent things to say here. Marcus, I think you're yeah. doing him a disservice calling him a security blanket. He's the sheets. He's the comforter. <laughs> he's the pillowcases. <laughs> he's the bed frame and mattress for James Winston. He's the whole package. He's not just the, he's not just the binky at nap time. He's, he's everything Winston. Good needs. point. Good but Harmon, go ahead. Yeah, so I actually really – I mean – for one, I don't think you could bench Mike Evans because I, I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but I think he's been one of the five best receivers in the NFL this year. He's Woo! absolutely dominated. I don't think there's – yeah, I don't think that's a hot take. I mean, I it's, it's, he's been unstoppable so far. He's had a touchdown in all three games. He leads the Bucks in targets by a pretty wide margin, and the right. Bucks lead the NFL in pass attempts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the volume will be there. We saw a similar situation play out uh, in, in week two when even though Jameis Winston was bad – uh, Peterson was able – I mean, uh, Evans, Evans was able to get over on Patrick Peterson for 70 yards and a touchdown because he had 17 targets. Yeesh. I think that volume is going to be there. Also, I highlighted this in the next-gen stats matchup column too. Uh, if he faces off with Aqib Tlaib, I think he can beat Tlaib. He's a good corner, but he's probably like the most exploitable one there. A.J. Green totaled 56 yards on uh, on his nine pass plays when Tlaib was covering him per next-gen stats. He had a good post route where he created 3.96 yards of separation at the break point of that route, and that's where Evans really wins on those big post routes down the field. I think he can still get over in this game. Okay. And also, I expect this to be a situation where Tampa Bay has to take to the air because the Broncos have actually given up a little bit of production to the running game, so I don't hate Charles Sims in this spot either, but I think the the Broncos passing game is in a sneaky spot once again. 100%. You know, Trevor Simeon, Pushed the ball downfield. He was great against the Blitz in week three. The Bengals basically said, you're going to have to beat us. And he said, all right, I'll do it. And Emmanuel <laughs> Sanders is basically the number one receiver there. He leads the team in targets per route run. He's been he's been great. And this is kind of a thing that's been trending this way for a while. So I think the Broncos are going to score points, and I think the Bucks will have to chase. By the way, I don't know what's up with the Buccos defense. But they have given up the most points per game in the NFL thus far. They gave up 37 They gave up 37 points. to the Rams. They can't, the Rams, I mean, they can't, they can't stop 
the the pass. They limited Todd Gurley to 3.1 yards per carry, but it didn't crazy. matter because they gave up two long bombs to Brian Quick and Tavon Austin. So crazy. So I think so. T- Thomas and Sanders are both good starts in this spot, and too. Real quick, you mentioned Sanders is emerging as the number one. I saw this on Twitter this morning from our friend Scott Barrett, uh, okay. at Scott Barrett DFB. All right. Since week 15 of last season to present, including the postseason, Sanders has had more targets, more receptions, more yards, same amount of touchdowns, but more goal line targets and and fewer dropped passes than Thomas. Yeah, by by like a decent margin. It's eight, 80 to seventy targets, fifty two to thirty nine catches, seven eighty two to five thirty five in receiving yards. So I feel like he is probably the safer play this week too. All right, let's oh, do yeah. some game previews, shall we, gentlemen? Let's. Yep. Uh, the early game: Colts versus Jaguars. This is in London. Do you trust Luck? Uh, Alex Gellhart, give me your breakdown of this game. Yeah, I, I trust Luck. I think I think their offense will be able to move the ball a fair amount. This, you know, these London games are always weird because both teams so have to weird. travel a long ways. And right. You sometimes we've seen shootouts, we've seen blowouts, one way or the other. Yep. I would figure this to be more of the shootouts. I think it's going to be pass happy both ways, and I think this is a fine stop spot to stream or start Blake Bortles because this feels like the kind of game where. He's either going to put him behind early and have to play catch-up, or they're just going to be behind early and he's going to play catch-up. And as Franchise mentioned, T.G. Ellen has done nothing on the ground game. And while I still like Chris Ivory, you know, he's always going to have a small place in my heart. I don't really – I don't trust him quite yet this week, so I think they're going to lean on the arm of Bortles for better or worse. Yeah, it's a weird thing about going to London too, right? Because, like, it's going to feel like 9.30 a.m. for them because yeah. that would be – that's what their body is telling them. And I it's know, a night game. It, and it's – yeah, it's like a whatever, 3.30 or – no, actually it's like – later. Yeah, it's like 6 p.m. game or something for them. But, yeah, it's going to feel weird, I think, for their body to, to, to be playing in that time. But it's going to be weird. I, you know, I, the only reason I, I hesitate about Luck, he hasn't been playing very well. Mm. You know what I mean? And the offensive no, he line hasn't. Has, and the offensive line has been just atrocious. But uh, I think you got to play him. I, I get it. I have him. I'm a Andrew Luck owner, and I, I just – I don't feel great about it. But I don't know, man. i got to throw him out the, there. The Jags defense stepped up a little bit last week, and Jalen Ramsey has been playing very well. And, I, and letting you know it, too. Yeah, oh, and yeah. He, I mean, if, oh, yeah. if you haven't heard, he's been playing pretty oh, well. Oh, yeah. But I think Luck has enough weapons, especially yeah. with the tight ends. I don't know which one I'd rather start. I'd rather not start either. I wouldn't be surprised if either of them had a huge game. But, oh, like, I think he'll oil. he'll be able to move the ball and rack up points. It was worrisome last week, but he ran into two really good defenses the last two weeks in Denver and San Diego. God, San Diego's good. against 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 the pass and without okay. Dante Moncrief. Yeah, they good have point. three good very point. strong corners there. By the way, that'll be a two thirty kickoff London time. Oh, I uh, thought it was yeah. later. I don't know. Uh, the Bills versus Pats. Does Legarrette Blunt come back to earth? Right now, he is a top three or four fantasy running back. Not this week. No, not this he week. Le- he leads the NFL in rush yards. Yeah, not rush attempts. It's crazy. He not doesn't th- even have a catch, and he's that high scoring. Yeah, <laughs> not not this week. I mean, you're still looking at you know, even if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's Garoppolo or Brissett. Starting at quarterback, they're injured. Uh, they are not uh, not 100. percent The Bills' but, run defense hasn't been great. But I mean, th- but that's what I mean, though. But you know, the Pats have to run the ball, and when Rex and Ryan knows you're going to have to go do something, he can stop one thing. The no? thing, uh, the thing about it, though, like even just look back at last week, exactly how that game went for Legarrette Blunt at halftime. He has like what you know. I'm just guessing here, but like you know, 15 carries for 30 something yards. Like ah oh, hell, why did I play Legarrette Blunt? He's facing good defense. This was dumb. But then in the second half, he's just such a demoralizing player to play against because 
Your team is losing. The Bills will be losing. Oh, yeah. And they're at home in Gillette Stadium there in Foxborough. Yep. And, and by that second half, you have to tackle that guy for 15 more carries. He's going to get over and break a long run. He's going to bludgeon the Bills this yeah. week. Okay. Lions versus Bears. Zach Miller, a strong play. No team's given up more points to the tight end position this year uh, than Detroit. Uh, it's a sneaky good play there for Zach Miller. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um. Yeah, Zach Miller, you, you've got to have him in your lineup because the Lions have been trash against tight ends this year. I sort of, as a deep sleeper... Uh, Ooh, I think. Are you going to go where I think you're going to go? Brian Hoyer? Well, no. But, yeah, but I'm with you on this one. Can okay. Brian Hoyer's a good stream this week. Aww. I think he's a good stream. I mean, I think the, the Lions, especially with Ziggy Anson not being, you know, not being healthy... They have not had as much of a pass rush. DeAndre Levy, his, it looks like he's going to be out yet again this week. And the the secondary for the Lions has been vulnerable. Like, oh, I, thanks. I like Hoyer. I, I like Brian. <laughs> Look, I mean, I think most people probably have a better option than Brian Hoyer. Okay. But if you're scrambling or if you're, you're in a two-quarter league yeah. or something <laughs> like that, Brian Hoyer does have some value this week. And, right. I, and the corollary is that if Alshon Jeffrey is healthy, then yeah. hopefully this is good news for him. All right, there you go. Matt Harmon, anything? Yeah, my deep sleeper from this game is actually Kevin White. I knew you were going to say Kevin White. I thought about that. Yeah, like, f- for one, I-, I think he's a really good DFS start throw because uh, nobody's going to be play- want to play Kevin White. Yeah, I saw nobody. I saw nobody's value, I think, has sunk lower than White since week one. Yeah, for sure. And he actually leads the – like, the Bears are really trying to make Kevin White happen. He's, it's pretty clear just watching him that he's raw, which is to be expected. He missed his rookie year. He was a limited player. He's a great player, but a limited player in what he did at West Virginia. So he got, like, a bajillion targets last week. He leads the team in targets with 27. And, he, and he's led the team in targets in week one and week three over Alshon Jeff which is frustrating as a as an Alshon truther. That is, yeah. is a very frustrating thing. But they're really trying to get him going as a complete player uh, where they're using Alshon as more of a deep threat. And also, I think Alshon will draw shadow coverage from Darius Slay, who can be beat, so I'm not, like, freaking out about playing Alshon either. But He's I a high-quality corner, though. Yeah, he's a, he's a good corner. Like, we saw Jordy take advantage of him, but Jordy's Jordy. Like, right. you know, I think Alshon can certainly get over on him. But at the same time, that means Kevin White is probably going to draw coverage from Nevin Lawson, who's the weaker link of the two. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like Kevin White as, like, if you're just looking for a dart throw or whatever, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game. Plus, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. All so right. There you go. Uh, speaking about high-scoring game, I think a sneaky good fantasy game, Browns versus Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both, both the defenses, defenses are, are bad. just trashy, man. It's bad. Um, it's uh, We heard Franchise talk about it. It's a great matchup for Crow. Uh, Washington's given up 28 points per game, uh, fantasy points per game to the to running back position. It's the third most in the NFL. Uh, Terrell Pryor, meanwhile, uh, Washington D has also given up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, so Terrell Pryor's strong play. We heard about all the injuries for, for the Washington Redskins as well. Uh, meanwhile, on the other side, Cleveland's pass defense, second worst in the NFL versus wide receivers. I feel like that's kind of uh, a, a, an unknown storyline there. I mean, we know about the, the Browns' defense not being great, but, man, they're giving up points in bunches to the wide receiver position. Um, I don't know, man. I, I think this is going to be a sneaky good game. Jamison Crowder, anyone? Oh, sure. yeah. Dude, I think sure. I think Crowder is a really good play. For one, I know we kind of bemoaned this, or at least I definitely had that he, he leads the NFL in red zone targets. But, That's absurd. But listen, it, it's happening, so you, I mean, you got to take notice of it. He's accumulated 83% of his yards from the slot. He's played there on 78% of his snaps. Um, the Cleveland slot corner, Tremont Williams, longtime veteran, he's allowed 11 receptions on 12 targets 
for 137 yards and two touchdowns when playing out of the slot this year. He is definitely burnable. It's pretty clear that, that Kirk Cousins likes Jamison Crowder. I think he's a, a, a big time, almost like a must play this week. What about Jordan Reed? What happened to him? Bro, Jordan Reed has got to get off the Schneider at some point. Like the 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 Browns especially are bad against tight ends. I mean, they're not good at anything, right. but but they're bad against tight ends. Uh, per Football Outsiders, they rank 22nd in the NFL defending the position, allowing 81.3 yards per game. So, I think Jordan Reed can get it off this week. He, the targets haven't been a big issue. He just needs to catch touchdowns. He needs them in the red zone too. Yeah. They they've only looked his I way know. three times in the red zone. That's as many terrible no fades as Josh Doxson has. <laughs> Like, they they need to look his way. He's their best weapon in the red right. zone. Why is Jameson Crowder tied for the league lead in red zone receptions when Jordan Reed has exactly. three? I don't understand it. I don't I don't understand that at all. I just think this could be a sneaky, like, everybody in the pool sort of game. Like, okay. I'll play play all your Washington players, yeah. maybe, except, like, Pierre Garçon. Right. Like, Jackson, is it Deshaun I Jackson, I think Deshaun he can Jackson. get over this yep. week. Yep. Kirk yep. Cousins can have a big fantasy game. He still leads the NFL in passing yards, even though he's not playing well. The production's there. Uh, it's just, again, just the touchdowns. And, and for the Browns, Terrell Pryor, Isaiah Crowell. I mean, I think all those guys are in. Man, I love Deshaun this week. I'm going to see it. I, I, I can I – can, just picture in my mind right now, skinny post of the house right now, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, Cowboys versus the Niners. Uh, what you got, Gilhar? Uh, I think we, we mentioned off the top, Zeke's a fine play, Cole Beasley. I think the Niners, I think Carlos Hyde's still a safe play. That, uh, it, For sure. This is an interesting one. I think, Harmon, you talked about a couple weeks ago how we have slowest offense in the league versus mm-hmm. fastest. Right. And both are going to be interesting to see how it plays out for the running backs. I think Hyde's still going to get fed. He's, he's come back in a couple strong ways. I don't know if I trust anybody in the Niners passing attack, but no, no. The running running back wise, this should be a fun matchup to watch two explosive young guys. Yeah, I like hiding this matchup. I like him a lot. It's like we were talking about. Even in garbage time, they're still giving him the ball. So right. I'm all about it. That was encouraging that they're just going to feed him the football. And you know, you mentioned the the pace of the game. Will be, I think the 49ers are going to bring that out of Dallas. They average the fewest seconds to snaps in the NFL. Uh, and I think that Dak Prescott he could get unleashed as a runner this week. Ooh, he hasn't really had ball. a big blow up game there. I think, the, again, the, the Cowboys are just such a slow, morose offense, but the way the 49ers play so fast, Dallas is going to have to do the same to keep in this game. Also, Cole Beasley, another sneaky slot receiver that I think you can start this week. Slot corner Jimmy Ward is out for the 49ers. Okay. Uh, Des Bryant, will, if he even plays, is going to be limited. Oh, there's no way. Beasley leads the team in targets anyways. It's pretty clearly that, uh, that, that Dak Prescott likes Cole Beasley. I think he's going to post. I would not be surprised. If he posts like fifteen plus fantasy points, this real, week. real, real talk, real quick. If yes. Des Bryant is out or or limited, yeah, who's the better play in his stead, Jason Witten or Terrence Williams? Witten's targets have been going down as they've been funneling more to Des, but as we saw, as we saw in Week One, Witten got pummeled with targets. Can I poke myself in the eye with a sharp stick? <laughs> you are more than welcome to. I was <laughs> just like if, if people are in that spot, I was curious. You know how I feel about Terrence Williams. So I feel like the team is starting to lose faith in Terrence Williams. Am I wrong in saying that? I mean, they keep giving him the ball, and he keeps making mistakes. <laughs> well, and he keeps making mistakes. This is nothing new. Like I know, no, no, but I, know. I feel like he's making he keeps making mistakes in really visible situations. Like he doesn't make That's a mistake in the middle of the afternoon game when everybody's watching like five other things. He doesn't like. You know, hey, everything is over except the Cowboy game. And, hey, here's Terrence Williams in a big spot. Des Bryant just yelling at him, like, get out of bounds that, on that. That'll be one of the lasting images of this season. Or him fumbling the ball. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I actually don't I don't hate the Jason Witten call, um, honestly, against the Niners. Because the Niners, I mean, you can pretty much take whatever you want against the Niners. Yeah, they certainly – they're a sneaky – 
better defense at home, though, than they, at least the last few years. But they have given up the third most yards to tight ends. So I think Jason Witten would be the play there. But I really think this game is going to all be about the running back, Lightning Cole. Uh, Dak Prescott there you and, go. And, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott. And, yeah, I think Carlos Hyde's a great play, too. There you go. Saints versus Chargers, a dream matchup, no question about it, uh, for Melvin Gordon and for Phillip Rivers, really. How do you see this game going, Marcus? Um, well, I see all of the points. All of the points, baby. For both sides in this one. <laughs> um, but I yeah, I like Phil Rivers. I like Melvin Gordon a lot in this one. Um, yeah. And we kind of mentioned it earlier, but Hunter Henry is a guy I'm keeping a real big eye on. Uh, I just – I. I, I scouted him. We did our Prospect of Day series. I watched his tape there from Arkansas, liked what I He's saw sharp. there. Uh, very and, sharp. And really liked what I saw from him last week, too, when he got a lot of those snaps with Antonio Gates being out. Yeah. Expect Gates to be out there again, so uh, to be out of action, I should say, again. So Hunter Henry gets all those snaps, gets oh, yeah. all those targets, and I think he's going to put up a really nice stat line. Um, but anybody, I mean, Travis Benjamin is going to get a lot of looks. Uh, Tyrell Williams, who has such big playability, right. and gets some opportunity. Actually, I was surprised when I saw this last night. Ty- uh, Tyrell Williams actually leads the team in targets through the first three weeks. Doesn't so, surprise me. Um, Tyrell Williams also plays more snaps than Travis Benjamin. He leads the team in red zone targets with six, and with Antonio Gates being out, Danny Woodhead being <sighs> gone. Breathe, Harmon. Breathe. It's okay. This is a sp- He's become the top red zone player for the Chargers and Phillip Rivers, <laughs> who also, I, I think – Hasn't thrown a – like, he has some sort of weird t- – like, he doesn't – now I'm losing my mind here a little bit, but, like, I think that there's a lot of touchdown regression – progression coming for Phillip Rivers, and I think this is the game. Hey, there you go. Uh, Hunter Hurst Henry is my danger zone play of the week uh, at tight end, so I like it. Chiefs versus Steelers. Lev hey, Hunter Bell. Hurst Henry. That's not his real middle name. Did you steal that from of course. Triple H? Yeah. I remember when he Obviously. was getting drafted, Rank was like <laughs> Rank was like, please let his middle initial be H. Please let his middle initial be H. Hunter and it was not. Hurst Henry. Uh, all right, Chiefs versus Steelers. <laughs> Lev Bell <laughs> returns. Uh, expectations for LB. All of the points. All of the points, you think? You think they just unleash him and just say, hey, let's get go let's go get it? Why not? He, he's true. one of the most talented players in the league. That's Tomlin true. already said there's going to be no restraints on him coming back. Well, it's not like he doesn't know the offense. It's, it's true. It's not like this is new. There's a new coordinator. It's not like he hasn't been here for years. It's true. I, I, th- I think they're going to feed him touches because it'll help set up stuff for Antonio Brown, too. Gosh, you know what I like, too? You're hearing those reports about him trying to mix in Lev Bell at wide receiver. Which is good for D'Angelo Williams. I was just about to say. I think that's yeah, great. That, that would be nice. Uh, Lev Bell returns. Uh, what What do you do with D'Angelo? I mean, obviously you hold on to him, but can you play him Sunday? No. No, I, I would rather sit him and just get a feel for how exactly they're going to use him before I, I go forward with that. But he should still be on rosters. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can't drop. You can't drop D'Angelo Williams. There's just no way. Um, by the way, the Steelers are playing at home at this point. It should be noted when the Steelers are playing at home or on the road. Their road home splits are just absurd right now. I don't get it. It it doesn't make sense, but it's just so absurd how how different their splits are. But but there you go. So the Steelers at home, uh, and again, oh, by the way, they're at home after getting embarrassed by a rookie quarterback in Philadelphia – uh, I think this game will be a little bit high scoring oh, this, uh, from the Steelers' offense, that's for sure. And I think that brings us to the Chiefs' offense, who I think will have to give chase to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Good point. And where they're strong actually matches up pretty well where the Steelers are weak defensively. Did you guys know? Did you know? That the Steelers give up the most receiving yards to running backs through the first three weeks. Wow. Did you know who leads the NFL in receiving yards from running backs through the Chiefs. first three weeks? 
Well, would that be the Chiefs? Spencer Ware. Would that be Spencer, Spencer Ware? Charkandrick West already ruled out for this game. Okay. Jamal Charles, I think we can expect him to be eased in slowly. Right. Ware, I think, is absolutely still playable, even though the Steelers have a strong ground defense. They've only given up 3.6 yards per carry. Right. Also, the reason that they're struggling right now against receiving running backs, same reason they've given up uh, the top 15 yards to tight ends, because they're weak right now at linebacker. Ryan Shazier's Shazier. probably not going to play. I think there's strong safeties on the injury report, too. That leads me to Travis Kelsey. So I actually think that this game is going to go really well for Alex Smith as a streaming quarterback, Travis Kelsey as a starting tight end, and Ware as a starting tight end. And if you're again, if you're playing DFS, I I love the idea of stacking all three of those players. Wow, is that potentially going to be a stack in the DFS roundup today? Whenever that gets written. Yeah, so maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you'll get it at uh, 7 p.m. Well, you mentioned all these names. Are you saying that Jeremy Macklin is not going to go off? No, I mean I think I mean Macklin's always in play because yeah. he is really good and he leads right. the team in targets. This is a super concentrated passing game that really only goes to the running back, whoever it is, Macklin and Kelsey. So I mean okay. Macklin's certainly in play. I think if I'm just if I'm just stacking guys, I think those are the two that I'm gonna go with. But okay. they're all all of these guys could go off. Like if you look at what happened in week one when the Chiefs fell behind, they showed the ability to go out there and put points on the board. All right, there you go. Should we do daily daps and get out? I think we shall yeah. that was a, sp- a speedy run, guys. Well yeah, done. Well done. I like it. All righty, daily nap time. We shall start with MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, got a couple of them real quick. Uh, one, the uh, Nick Waterhouse uh, just dropped a new album. This is for all you hipsters out there, so uh, get your mustache wax ready. Um, I've been a fan of Nick Waterhouse pretty much since the beginning. Just released his third album today. It's called Never Twice. Okay. Uh, what kind of music is it? It is the best way to describe it. It's sort of a combination of, say, late 50s club jazz and 60s soul and R&B. Whoa. Uh, yeah, but it's really sweet. Uh, it's okay. awesome. And this being his third album, it has a lot of the elements from the first two albums. It's just that he's kind of refined everything. And this one is probably the best one. I uh, uh, Because I am friends with certain people, I was able to get a hold of it a little bit early and Ooh. kind of spun it, spun it a lot last night. And uh, it's dope. So yeah, for all you <laughs> dope. for yeah. all you hipsters out there, go check out Nick Waterhouse. Uh, my other dap is to all of you guys who uh, followed along and jumped on board with the uh, Tame for SBLI hashtag. We uh, didn't get it done. Didn't get it happening. Didn't get it done. Yeah. Some okay. some unknown up and coming Lady Gaga or something. I don't know. Never. Heard uh, of but she's doing the Super Bowl. But uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody who played along and hey, right. we uh, we gave it the old college try. All right, there you go, Matt Harmon. What's going on? Yeah, I'm gonna give a daps to uh, Bon Iver or Bon Iver. <laughs> bon Iver. Iver. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Yes. I don't know. Bon Iver. Uh-huh. Whichever one. You <laughs> sure. I, I, he released his new album, or they released their new album today, along with the Mowgli's, who's another band that I really like. Uh, they're very happy and positive music. They are. It's kind of a, that's a real big it's a stark that's contrast. A, that's a stark that's contrast. That's different for you. Well, it's also a stark contrast between like Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. Uh, I don't I mess it up every single time. But that's great music to, you know, maybe sit out on the porch on a misty day and, like, get a good cry going. Um, <laughs> wow. Which I'm all about. And uh, the Mowgli's are real happy, what? positive music. Okay. So all right. uh, it's 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 good that I've, I've got two albums that came out here at the end of the week uh, that can both pick me up and depress the hell out of t- me. Take me down. Because I need, <laughs> I need to ride that emotional roller coaster. You are such a millennial, man. What are you talking about? Bon Iver from Wisconsin, too, by the way. Is that Shout right? Out. 
Okay. Really? Pretty sure. Go. I didn't know that. Yep. All right. Some good finally came out of that state. Uh, my daily wow. dap will <laughs> go to the fella who uh, calls Melvin Gordon MG my guy. it's it's so great podcast inception is awesome man i felt good about that so there you go there's one uh i'll give you another daily dap out to dj snake uh i put a video out of my kid uh baby co she likes dj snake for some the video was adorable oh thank you i appreciate it but yeah so she wants to sing dj snake and it's i took a video of it because literally every single time i take her anywhere that is the conversation we have i want dj snake where is dj snake give me dj snake and and i go cycle through the songs and she's like that's not dj snake that's not dj snake and then when i get to him it's like oh that's dj snake and then she sings is there a particular dj snake song that she loves uh, sunshine something or other i don't know i don't know i mean i don't turn i don't you know do the turn turn down for what uh, right that's not why that's not her jam uh, it's happy <laughs> positive music because that's too hipster. Like all the kids love to sit down for what? <laughs> but uh, but no, DJ Snake saw the video and then posted it to his own Facebook page. It's gotten like I don't know, like two hundred twenty thousand views or something. I'm like, man, my kid is super famous. This is super cool. Uh, but yeah, so uh, uh, daily daps to uh, DJ Snake for uh, recognizing it and posting it and making my kid internet famous. So there you go. Yeah. Whiskey from Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to give a daily daps to to good, subtle horror movies because we're turning into October. Okay. And while uh, I love horror movies, and a lot of people do it, so it's a great the rabid fan base, but like I saw the Blair Witch remake. And Any what- good? I wasn't a big fan. They did some interesting stuff to start to kind of like expand the universe, but okay. they relied so heavily on jump scares, which is just not what the original was all about. No. The original was atmospheric, and it was cerebral, oh, yeah. and it was something new, and it was a really cool experience. And I know Harmon was saying he wasn't a big fan, but if you watch it like modern day and in a room with the lights on and Wait, stuff- Blair Witch Project? Blair Witch Project. It doesn't have the same, get, doesn't get have the same, same ring because like why that movie is as famous as it was is because people went in that theater- and you know, you heard stuff. You didn't know what it was. That scared that, the snot out of me. The, that the movie. fear of the unknown is what was so great. In the sequel, 100%. it's just like jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. And if you want to be, want to have jump scares, just tell one of your friends to randomly slap you twice a day for the rest of your friendship, <laughs> and then congratulations. But so, Daily Dap's a good, subtle, interesting horror movies. There's so many good ones out there. Uh, you know, so just go pick some up for October and, and watch it. Well, you got any one in particular that the the folks should watch? Oh my God, I don't know. I mean, like you know, thing like classics like The Thing and Exorcist and Okay. I still, I still like you know. Sixth Sense is not as not horror or spooky, but I like movies that get in your mind a little Sixth bit. Sixth Sense is a great movie. Out. Jacob's Ladder is a good movie. Not Sixth also Sixth Sense still horror. makes me mad because I'm like, how did I not see that coming? Yeah, that's the biggest. Really? That's the biggest. I'm an idiot. Movie. How did I not see that? Is that right? I don't know. I, I thought they do. I thought it was well done. Never seen. No, it's only well done. But you still, at the end of it, you're like. I totally should have seen. How did I not see that? Well, yeah, you know, and, and <laughs> even even for like horrors and the original like Halloween and uh, Nightmare, you know, on Elm Street, all those are are great. Friday Nightmare on Elm Street was the worst. You know why? I love Nightmare. Because on Elm Street. I mean, it's like, dude, they're attacking you where you can't help. It's like I'm gonna <laughs> sleep. I I don't want to see Freddy. Like that sucks. Yeah, it does suck. That's why it's so terrifying. I know it was good. Can was I can I stuff. can I jump Please? back in here real yes, quick? Absolutely. Uh, and I want to give adapts to all the other people who are joining the Noctobier movement. Yes, I yes. forgot. I forgot. Wait, to you say, have a movement now? Yeah, there's, oh, a, there's a hashtag. There's a hashtag. It's yeah. Noct- so so listener of the podcast okay. Kyle Slick uh, okay. tweeted us uh, yes. uh, the other day and said, "I've gave it some thought and I've decided to join you in your." And he said. The hashtag N O C T O 
beer yeah. effort. So it looks like no beer because you got to capitalize the N-O and the beer. Okay. So it looks good. It, and it was great because I was too stupid to actually come up with a hashtag. Right. Sure. And he said, may God have mercy on us all. So he joined up. A few others are thinking about joining yeah, up. I feel like every every couple hours or so, we'd have somebody else that's like, I'm joining in. And we're like, yeah. all right, guys. So, so Not you, me. Yeah, right. We get it. You don't you don't want to challenge yourself. You don't like difficult situations, whatever. No, I just like beer. <laughs> yeah, During the fine. month of October, fine. especially. Fine. fine. Don't respond to a challenge. Okay, but the rest... But daps to the people who are stepping up to the challenge <laughs> and joining the movement. Use the hashtag. I've got a column on my tweet deck set up for it. We're talking about it. It's going to be big. we got to make it through together, people. And just because you want to punish yourself, why do I got to come along? Because I I am stronger mentally. For no, that's stupid. No, you I'm gonna just be, yes. won't have beer. I'm, I'm going to be fucked. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to be good by like October 15th. No. I, and then, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to be deep shrieking so hard. And then when October. November 1st comes around, you're just going to binge on beer. So what was the point? No, we're going to have all sorts of new daily daps, good wines we're trying, good, oh, good. cocktails we're making. Yes. Oh, boy. I'm trying I, to be I was, positive. When I was at the gulp on Wednesday, which may or may not be there tonight consuming all of the beer. Okay. Uh, Good. I, perfect. Apparently, our, our new favorite bartender, Ashley, is, is an expert mixologist. Whoa. So, perfect time. Which, by the way, is, I, I, I know we got to get out of here, but you know, since you guys are doing this, this, is start, this is starting on October 1st. Does this mean like at midnight you can no longer, or like if you're out Ooh. and it's like 12.15 oh. and things are feeling good, you just like have another one? Maybe we count this day until we go to sleep? Yes. I don't think so. Decided. I No. Uh, the, committee, <laughs> nope. the committee has decided. Nope. <laughs> nope. The committee's Actually, once it might the be clock, kind of fun if we have to switch to exactly right if then. the clock that's, hits midnight. Yo, that's a recipe for a disaster because you know what they say about you know you gotta go. It's all myths. If the clock hits midnight, that's it. You're done. There's no beer. After we'll see midnight. how we'll see how we feel about it. <laughs> all right, <laughs> already making excuses. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, let's get the hell out of here. All right, for the whiskey from Wisconsin, MG, my guy Marcus Grant and Matt Harmon. I'm James Kell. See ya. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.